And now for a taste of things to come. A great slam and then stop. It's on. It's time for the new Game On podcast. We're celebrating our favorite game. Falcon Punch! Mamma mia! Finish him! It's a little bit of the old. You're good, but I'm better. A little bit of the new. I am assuming direct control. And everything in between. But enough talk! How about you? Let's get things started. Get more from your gaming habit with Jeff Johnson. Game on! Game on! Game on! And another week, another episode. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the new Game On Podcast. And here we are, four weeks in. We've got plenty of games to talk about this week. And the surprising thing is, majority of them are not actually video games. Now, it seems like an odd thing to say with a gaming podcast, with the new Game On Podcast. But you know where I'm getting at with this. We also played some board games this past week. Board games and card games. Uh, one of them, a game I've been meaning to play for a long time, even got it for my birthday a few years back. I've got Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, and we're going to talk a little bit about that one. Another game I'm planning on talking with you about is a game that probably isn't a game at all. Uh, it's called The Complex. It's out on Xbox One. I don't even, it's a hard one to describe. Basically, a movie where you pick where this movie's going to go. For our other games today, I'm going to be talking about a new game that we finally got the chance to play, a board game called Labyrinth. And I say new, I should be saying new to me. This game's been out for quite a few years, but it, when I look at the year that it came out, it's still kind of like the teenager of the board game world when you think of stuff like Monopoly and Clue being around for dozens and hundreds of years it's just how it is this is labyrinth we're talking about the other game i'm talking about is a card game which has been a family favorite for a while i'm talking about racco we'll, we'll end things off with that one i'm jeff johnson and this is the new game on podcast you know what they say when life hands you lemons do a barrel roll and when you want to know about your favorite games listen to game on with jeff johnson the new Game On Podcast continues. Here's Jeff. It's the new Game On Podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson, and you can listen to us on YouTube. You can find us on Spreaker. And the other thing I've been doing is actually sort of chipping away at these podcast episodes by bringing you a feature at a time. All throughout the week, I upload these, and you can check them out again on our YouTube channel, Game On GNT. And don't forget, we've also got our blog, JJ Plays Everything. That's available for you to check out our articles and sometimes extra posts as well. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this game that's been on my shelf for a while. This game that's been a part of my pile of shame for a while. And I call it the pile of shame because, let's face it, my collection is stupid. Not only is it stupid, there's a lot of games in my collection that I haven't even played. So I own the game, and I've never played it. And there's hundreds of games like this, either through bundle deals or gifts, or, you know, I see a random sale, and I'm like, I, I'll buy that right now, why not? And, you know, I'll buy it for like two bucks or five bucks or something like that. And after a while, these games pile up. But this game's finally coming out of the pile of shame. I'm glad it is. Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. So, years back, 
I got the Tomb Raider game for back then it was released for the Xbox 360 and the PS3. It's since re-released for the Xbox One, PS4, you know, the modern consoles. And I got the game for my birthday and started playing it a little bit, but never really got too far into it. And I figured to myself, well, it's Tomb Raider. It's not that long of a game. So years later now, years later, I've come back and I'm playing Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. And like, I had some time free the one night and thought, you know what, I'm going to pop this in. Let's see Laura Croft in this new incarnation. I say new, but it's not new to me is the best way to put it. She's been this Laura Croft for quite a few years now. And I started playing it and I really like it. Basically, I've heard a lot of comparisons about uh, Laura Croft and the new Tomb Raider games being a girl Nathan Drake, and I-, I can see that. Just looking at how the Uncharted games are, this game plays a lot like that. That being said, I really like how this game plays. I played the old Tomb Raider games, uh, the first Tomb Raider, uh, Raider I never really got into, but I played Tomb Raider 2, and I owned the other Tomb Raider games, and, like, back then, it was a it, it was the days of the first PlayStation. Movement was clumsy, guns were clumsy, everything was clumsy, really. But this game handles really well. It's got this cinematic flair, it looks really, really good, and it's just got this sort of more mature vibe than the older games, and I really like that. Especially, I mean, considering this game is sort of a telling of how Laura Croft became her sort of Tomb Raider ways, you know, the serious adventurer, like serious uh, relic hunter, Tomb Raider, Laura Croft self, was born because of the actions that happen in this game. And it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun to play. There's been some spots in here where I've had a couple of jumps because, like, you're trying to get through an area and all of a sudden something breaks and you got to scramble to get through it. Or you're calling a plane to come rescue you and something causes it to crash and you got to avoid this wreckage barreling down the mountain at you. It's very high intensity. And I figured with something like that, it would be a shorter game. It's not. I've spent probably three, four different nights, you know, full nights playing. And. I can tell you I'm nowhere near the ending of this. It's I don't know if that says something about how slow I play or if it says something about just how long this game is, but there's a lot to play here, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to get the chance to give it a go. So I'm sure I'll be playing a little bit more of this down the road. Uh, like I said, everything about this game is a heck of a lot of fun. I can't imagine you guys have not had a chance to play this Tomb Raider yet. But it's worth your time if you haven't. So see if you can find it on a good sale and go for it. It's it's definitely worth your time. Anyway, that's it for our discussion on Tomb Raider. Coming up next, we're talking about another game. This one actually brand new, really. It only came out probably about a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about The Complex. That's coming up next. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the new Game On Podcast. Are you looking to jumpstart your game? Must. Bone is too big. Have you had enough of games being remade over and over again? Must Spoon is too big. Are you looking for an insider's view of the gaming industry? Must Spoon is too big. Don't you care about anything but spoons? I am a banana. Yeah. Just listen to Game On with Jeff Johnson. Wow there. 
This is Yosemite Sam. Ooh, I like Game On. You're listening to the new Game On Podcast. Now back to the couch with Jeff Johnson. This is Game On. I'm Jeff Johnson here on YouTube.com slash GameOnGNT. You can also find us on Spreaker and the JJ Plays Everything blog. We're all there. That's where you'll find us. And right now, we're talking about a weird addition to my lineup. I don't know how to describe this game other than the fact that it's not really a game. Uh, So we're talking about the complex. And the best way I can describe this game is a choose-your-own movie. So the complex came out recently, I'd say probably a couple of weeks ago at this point. And basically what you've got here, it's an interactive movie. You are following along with the actions of two scientists uh, who are involved in this. One is actually the developer of this sort of nano cell technology. Her name is Dr. Amy Tennant. And then the other doctor that you've got with you, I'm trying to blank on his name right now. The game goes by so fast. It's really about a two-hour experience. There's about eight different endings to it. I didn't enjoy the ending I got, so I'm not going to spoil that matter because this is a relatively new game, so spoiler alerts do apply. But the way the game plays is you're basically watching the movie, uh, the characters will be talking away, and then a decision will pop up. And you've got a fraction of a second, I'd say five, six seconds maybe at most, where you have to choose between one or two options, sometimes three options. And from there you've got to deal with sort of the consequences of your choice. Sometimes your choice is the right choice. Sometimes it's not. And that's reflected in the story. So all of that keeps happening all throughout the game. Plenty of different uh, decisions being made as you go. And every single decision factors into the relationship values you have with the other characters. The game keeps track of who dies as you go, and that can affect your ending as well. And the other aspect about this is I don't know what the good ending is, because I know I definitely didn't see the good ending in this one. My wife, Shale, and I, we were playing this game. And all we did was we had the controller between us and we kept saying, okay, you get the next choice. You get the next choice. I'll do the disc choice. And just sort of let it flow. Would I recommend this experience? It all depends on what kind of games you like. I grew up liking choose-your-own-adventure books. So for myself, you know, this wasn't too much of a leap for me. Like, I like that kind of experience. Sometimes you do want sort of the lighter night. You just want to sort of watch the movie go and... Throw in some decisions every now and then. That's where things go and where you can sort of enjoy them. I would... Actually, I do have a way I can describe this game. It's kind of like if you've ever played a Telltale Games game, like sort of The Walking Dead, The Wolf Among Us, that sort of stuff. It's like a light version of that. You know, in those games, how you occasionally have sort of quick time events that you have to do and also the choices and you do get to move around the characters. This removes the quick time events it removes moving around your characters and it just sort of leaves you with those sort of choose your fate choices throughout the course of the game so that's basically what you've got to deal with with this one i had fun with it i don't know if everybody would and quite frankly with the amount of time i spent to get my ending you know two hours i don't know if that's worth buying immediately i i would even suggest maybe waiting for a sale on this game 
it was it was decent. Like if you can find it at a decent price, I'd say go for it. But I mean, at full price, probably not. I probably wouldn't go for this at like twenty six, twenty seven bucks. It just doesn't make that much sense to me. Actually, there is one more thing I do have to mention about this game, and this kind of bugs me a little bit. The game does automatic saves as you go. So basically, as you do the choices and stuff like that, it saves where you're at so you can reboot and re-go back into it. The problem with that is when you beat the game and you want to see it again, there isn't like a new game plus mode. You do get the option to skip cutscenes you've already seen, but the second you make a choice that's different than a choice you made originally, all the scenes are different, they say. They're very close to what they were originally, but it's different enough that they won't let you skip cutscenes anymore. So at that point, like, let's say you played through the entire game, and then right off the bat, you change your decision at the very beginning of the game. You do not get to skip any other scenes that come up throughout the rest of the game. And in that regard, there isn't like a fast forward button where you can be like, okay, well, this is what happened when I made that choice. I'd like to go back and do that choice again. You have to go through the whole thing all over again. And that's frustrating. That's something that I would have preferred to have like a almost a chapter select, sort of like choosing a different spot on the DVD. Like that would have worked out better for me. But again, that's, you know, minor gripes. If you, if you like Choose Your Own Adventures, this game is going to be pretty decent for you. Coming up next, we're shifting from video games to board games. Talk about a new game we've got to play over the weekend. We're talking about Labyrinth. That's coming up next. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the new Game On podcast. You're listening to Game On. By the way, you just lost the game. No! Mendoza! Hey, this is Duke Nukem. When I'm not out saving the universe from mutant petty wastes, I'm listening to Game On. Game On, your new favorite podcast on today's drive to work. Mamma mia! We set high standards here. Here's Jeff. And the new Game On podcast continues. I am Jeff Johnson. We're shifting our hat a little bit. We're going from talking about video games and all those sort of things, basically shifting almost to table talk at this point. We're talking about different board games that we played or card games that we played over the weekend. And the first one is a brand new game to me anyways. I know it's been out since the uh, 1980s, but we're talking about Labyrinth. So basically, this is a board game that came out in 1986. It's almost as old as I am. And what happens here is the game board forms a maze. And half of the pieces are fixed in one spot. The other half are moving pieces. And the way the game works, there is no sort of limit to how much you can move your character so long as you move your character to a spot that's connected to where you currently are in the maze. Where things get tricky is those moving pieces. There's one extra piece that sits outside of the board and you put that piece in, push in from one side and it rearranges the entire map. So it definitely adds a complication to it. We ended up playing this game uh, myself, my wife, Shayla, and we also played with my uh, seven-year-old daughter, Paige. We all had a great time with this game because it's a lot of fun. It's a different style of thinking than what you see from 
your traditional board games. There is no dice to roll. There isn't like a end point that you have to get to. Basically, you're wandering the labyrinth trying to collect all the different items. As you go through it, you're picking up these items, and away you go. So, it's a great game. It was a lot of fun. We actually played a Harry Potter variant on this. And so when that happens, basically what it is, is in the main game, like in the actual Labyrinth game, there are different treasures you have to find around the Labyrinth or different monsters you have to find. Here, instead of finding those treasures, you're finding different Harry Potter characters. So like Harry's in there, uh, Ron's in there, Hermione, and then, you know, a whole bunch of other characters are in there as well, like Hagrid, Snape, Voldemort. Your job is to basically flip the card that you have in front of you, which is your goal card. That's the character you're trying to find. And you got to keep doing that eight times to win the game. I definitely recommend this game. It's a lot of fun. It's great, great fun, actually. We had a good time with it. We only ended up playing it once, but it only took us about, I'd say, anywhere between half an hour to a full hour to play it. So, decent amount of time if you got some free time in an afternoon or an evening, and it's it's worth it. It's It's a lot of fun. So, we'll go from that to talking about a game that I haven't played in a long time, and I'm happy to say I got a chance to play again. So, let's talk about the game Racco. That's coming up next. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the new Game On podcast. You're listening to Game On. Tremble in fear at our three different types of ships. This is Quentin Flynn here, but you may remember me as Raiden. And you're listening to Game On. You're listening to the new Game On Podcast with Jeff Johnson. Jeff Johnson here. It's the new Game On Podcast. Thank you once again for listening this week. Uh, It's been great to be able to get to do this again. We're at about uh, four weeks in now. This is episode four. And right now we're talking about a game that has been in my life for a couple of years now. Actually, I should say more than that. A lot longer than that, actually. Racco is the name of the game for this feature. Uh, Racco is an interesting game. It's very much a card game, but you're given a rack to sort of put the cards into as you go. So the way it ends up working is you shuffle up the deck, you deal out the cards, 10 cards to each player, and the first card you get goes at the back of the rack, and you keep going. Your goal is to organize your rack from the lowest number to the highest number, and you have to do that in consecutive order. So what ends up happening, players take turns. First player goes, and they can draw from the discard pile, or they can draw from the deck, and that card can either basically been thrown out right away or can replace one of the 10 cards in their rack and whoever yells out racco first ends the round and gets the most points for the round as well so looking at that basically what you've got here is a game that's good for two to four players it's good for all ages again i played this with my wife shayla and my seven-year-old daughter in past times i played this i've played this with my mom as well my brother other family members It is one of those games where you swear the other players are cheating. 
you guarantee you 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 gotta think that the other players are cheating because you need to get a certain card and they keep laying out the wrong card at the wrong time like either it's a card you can't use that's being laid down right before your turn happens or the card you need is being laid out by a player who's across the table and you'll never get to use that card once Racco is an old game. It's a very old game. It's one of those games I definitely recommend. This was one of those games when I saw that somebody was selling it in one of our buy and sell groups. I had to jump on that immediately because I had so much fun with it growing up. I'm having fun with it again now because it's a chance to sort of introduce it to my kids. My wife had never played it really before I came along. And it's one of those games that if you're competitive, you're definitely going to compete with everybody else or shout at everybody else i can't argue with that but yeah this thing this game i would say definitely pick up it's got to be out there at like a walmart or an amazon or something like that or you might get lucky and find it at a garage sale i know it's a lot of fun it's a great time and you'll enjoy yourself this doesn't seem like the most heartbreaking of topics but bear with me it is one of those things I've, I've really enjoyed sort of shining a spotlight on board games and card games that people don't usually get to play. And if you haven't had a chance to ever play Racco, if you've never heard of it, be sure to look it up. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. All right, that about does it for this week's episode. I got one more thing I want to talk about, and that's what's happening in next week's episode, episode five of our podcast. Uh, we'll be coming back to that on the new Game On podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson. Hey, this is David Hayter. I'm the voice of Solid Snake, and you're watching Game On. So pay some damn attention. It's all about the game, and how you play it. All about control, if you can take it. Do you think that we could play another game? Maybe I could win this time. listening to game on with jeff johnson and this is it the end of another week's episode uh i want to give you a bit of a heads up on what you can expect for episode five of the podcast that's coming up next week it is uh right at the end of april here and i've talked in the past about the gg app so basically a method for you to sort of organize your gaming collection while creating various different lists. So whatever topic you want to make for a list, you can, and then you can list a whole bunch of different games in there. I have been using this for a couple of weeks on and off, and I have finally finished my definitive top 100 games list. So top 100 games I've played, listed, and ready to be shared so next week's episode, we're going to have the uh, website set up. We're going to have the uh, GG app ready to go. And it's that's basically going to be your primer for the episode because we're going to run through the, uh, the 100 games on this list in sort of mini breaks. Uh, I'll basically be focusing on them uh, 10 at a time in each segment and just sort of going over why this game made the list, why it was worth my attention. So we've got 100 games we're talking about in next week's episode. I hope you're ready for that. So that about does it for this week. I'm Jeff Johnson. Thanks for listening and join us for our next podcast. You've been listening to the new Game On Podcast with Jeff Johnson. 
You can find more content from Game On on Facebook and on YouTube.com slash GameOnGNT. And don't forget to check us out on Spreaker for all your podcast needs. And I stand by it, stretching in the direction of your opponent is not a form of cheating in a card game. Unless you get caught, then, well, you're kind of out of luck.